From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And I'm Katie. This is the best beer show on the internet. So are moms. Oh, man. Still God, nothing. Just that, that, that weird, like, quiet silence <laughs> makes it sound like I'm lying. Awkward pause. <laughs> and we all know that it is because you guys are here. It's just the thing is that we Aww. don't have a thing. Yeah, I, I try to say something nice, and you guys are just like, no, 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 you're an asshole, Casey. I'm like, I get I it. That's think fine. That either the of American us- Homebrewers <laughs> Association does a lot to support homebrewers and home brewing, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms. as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I would also like to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Devin Sinson, and Tyler Romanski. If you'd like to be a patron, head on over to patreon.com and become a patron today. Brian. What have you been up to, beer-related men? Well, uh, we talked about the blood orange sour last time. Did we? Maybe yeah, we did, we maybe did. we didn't. Oh, uh, I, I, I wasn't listening. I was too busy focusing on my own thing. So That's fair. We had a lot of <laughs> shenanigans going on. So beer-related, uh, not a whole lot. I, I, We came out with the Blood Orange Sour at the brewery. That's awesome. And then Paul and Babes is happening sooner <laughs> after that. Uh, uh, which one's Paul and Babes? It was a, a breakfast out. So it's, uh, it would be coffee, maple syrup, and blueberry pancake-type situation and then in the studio today casey and i are drinking guinness and then casey and i were working on uh the do you want to announce that yeah why not uh we're gonna we're gonna do the first half and barrel exclusive i've actually gotten because (laughs) uh brian's an asshole uh Okay, well, I mean, (laughs) 50-50 so we're just we're gonna do a hop and barrel podcast it's gonna be a nice short podcast about Hop and Barrel and what's going on there and, uh-huh. and what's happening at the brewery. Yeah. And it's going to be recorded before uh, this podcast, so that Katie was forced to do it, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going to be great. This is news to me, yeah. folks. Yep. Well, oh, well shit. see you later. Hang on. Now, now do you get to, like, bill them for your hours coming down to the studio? I don't know. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about all that later. But, yeah, there will be a little... Uh, That's great. Hop and Barrel podcast mm-hmm. that that we're gonna kind of. No, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I think you have a great idea for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Um, I like that actually. I mean, honestly, this is this is news to me. I'm hearing this for the first time. But uh, that you know, this podcast that we're we're recording right now is essentially a homebrewers podcast, and it's easy to bring the. Um, <laughs> Sorry, my I have devices. Never you're mind, you're so popular. I'm trying to like, figure out where that's coming from. So. I can't. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's 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 easy f- to shift this the this homebrewers podcast into the professional part yeah. of brewing because both Brian and I are in that industry, and it'd be f- kind of fun to be able to kind of take my head away from the pro side and just bring it back to home brewing, which yeah. is a hobby that I l- loved enough to start professionally. So, I'm in. I, I'm very excited for it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little bit of a meeting before the shows today, and 
Yeah, it's it, going to be a lot of fun. It should mm-hmm. be very interesting. But other than that, I'm we're sitting here drinking this Oktoberfest again, and Casey yeah. and I are drinking Guinness, and... Yeah. I can't tell you how just tickled I am that Brian's having a second glass of one of my beers. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? I am too. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, it's the first one of mine that you've had. Yeah, so, like, I'm just glad that I'm putting a good impression. That's in good. Your... <laughs> yeah, no, it's... I am. I am sometimes discerning with beer to a fault. Where no, well, no, no, well, and you know, the last last week we talked about, uh, you know, the amount of beer that we've consumed to know that you know I've been told that i'm a super taster which isn't true that's it's not just, yeah i just i've had a lot of beer in my life and it's like sometimes it's just like I'm not, i just don't want to put this in my body no you know it's so, yeah. no so sours for me or i don't know drinking some the oh the blood jeez yeah the blood, the blood orange. orange when we were just your beer justin yeah <laughs> well our <laughs> beer not mine specifically but as a company our beer that was, you know, uh, thought about and crafted by all of us. Uh, yeah, we went out and sampled it out to people. And when we're out doing the sales missions, um, you know, I'm ready to admit that I'm just not interested in sours. And if you like them and if your customers like them and that's the route you want to go, I think ours are executed well. And if it fits in your portfolio, let's go, you know? Hell yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Katie, what about you? Uh, I've been trying to redeem myself from the haze that that remember that troubleshooting episode we we put out a couple. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Ago. I don't remember that. I didn't I, fail been, at my redemption. <laughs> Did been, you pass yours? Uh, we have actually uh, we've brewed that the beer that it was supposed to be once. And we will be we will be brewing another batch tomorrow. Did so. you uh, did you uh, keep your strategy of adding a bunch of the adjuncts at the end? Yeah, or? we kind of. Nope, nope. Nope, that's okay. never going to happen again, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we did we did go back to just change one thing at a time. Okay. Yep. Uh, so right. so where I, I think it should be, period. But yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I mean we. It's had, easy to get ahead of yourself and. Where was to, I? Oh, I went to, to do um, too much. I went with one of our sales guys, Audi, to a what is it? Uh, JL, beer tasting JL to beers? JL beers in Burnsville, Minnesota. Berg, it's a which is a great. I haven't been to a JL beers since I yeah, yeah, the, was allowed in airport. JL beers is a is a burger place yeah, the, that has good craft beer. The but general you, manager there was super great. The servers were really fun and super enthusiastic about the beer and the you know the food, the burgers, everything. But anyway, I had a pint of Hudson Haze on tap, which is the beer that I fucked up a couple weeks ago. It was, it was, it, it's getting there. I was, I was super happy. You know, it was, it was a th- thicker bodied, had all of the hop characteristics that we're looking for. It actually had some haze to it. So I that, that's really interesting. Uh, so I know like when we were talking about it, you guys were talking about maybe releasing it as a different beer. You guys pushed oh, it Oh yeah. Sorry. Haze? Yeah. Let's back up. Oh, Reverse. So yeah, that, funny. Tru- that yeah. troubleshooting recipe or rep, uh, episode that we did. I tried um, to bring that up last time, but then I didn't think it was appropriate because it's, well, a, we didn't really know we, what was we, going on. We called it. It's called Blame, Blame Shifter. Shifter. So no. this was a funny, a funny because, you know, we, we we record the podcast on Sundays here. Yep. <laughs> and then and we so have our we meetings back, on Monday we go morning. To, we, go, we go back to, to work on Monday morning and we have our brewers meeting. And, you know, by by that Monday morning, everybody in, involved knew that the, the, the beer was needed to be something else. Yeah. And so we're sitting there and I said, well, yeah, you know, like you know the one the one job i have is to brew beer and i couldn't even do that and ethan's like no it's on me i'm it was my fault <laughs> no it I, was my fault then brian's like no no no, no there it are, was my fault there are five of us 
th- now, mm-hmm. well, I guess Ashley is just into the fold, but yeah. there are four or five of us yeah. that all sit around and think about this and cry in the bottom of our shower. <laughs> what? Well, sh- maybe Justin doesn't do that. I don't know. Or he probably just doesn't admit it. But yeah. there are five of us that sit around and consider all this shit. So it's not you fucking up. No, it's not me. It's, and it was, it's everybody. It was partly a, a joke, but it but the the beauty of at least where where you know Hop and Barrel is, you know Ethan was willing to take the blame on himself. And then, you know, everybody yeah, was just... We all stuff. were, because... No, and that's, that's a fantastic working environment. Around. That's we awesome. Yeah. About this. Like, so, we, so The fact that you guys are all trying to take the blame instead of trying to push on somebody else tells <laughs> a lot about your workplace environment. Yeah. I just and don't... I, don't I truly don't ever think that way. Yeah, ever. no, and it's, I don't either. So this beer will be a... It's it's called Blame Shifter. I think we're going to release it as an APA, because it's yeah. a 4.7% I thought it was beer. higher than that. No, 4.7. Whatever. So what we ended up doing, though, and it was fun because... Just call it a session IPA and you'll be fine. Or session IPA, We, because of this podcast, because of what we're doing with the new IPA book here by Scott, Janish, 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 whatever, we chose to spread the dry hop out into four sections. So yeah, okay, maybe, I don't remember how many pounds per barrel it was. But we ended up doing four separate dry hops on it on four separate days at every time. But oh, so, we'll get so smaller, Brian, smaller dry hops over yeah. more. And yeah. Brian stepped up and did half I of those. Dry hopped and three times. The funny, Brian did something in the brew house. Yes. The funny part was, is Brian's lady was like, Ugh, she wouldn't watch. It. She, You're so oh cute when God. you were. So dumb. <laughs> Let me take your picture. She uh, was like, are just like Instagrams with like little like, like filters and you stars do stuff. And I'm like, sometimes I sit at a computer and do stuff. How do you feel about that? Sometimes Not I as click good open. as watching you climb up a ladder and risk your life putting hops into it. I'm like, oh. sometimes I click post on an invoice. <laughs> yeah. no, that was pretty funny so yeah we were able to do that and we haven't really i mean you know we can this could be a, a meeting thing but we haven't really i suppose we have to wait till this beer gets carbonated to see if that if that dry hopping those four days was beneficial yeah i i th- i not. personally i think it is because yeah. I, I, I do taste the tanks more than you guys know yeah. and like i think I'm, it's yeah. i think mm-hmm. it's like a, i think it was knocked out of the park okay and and you know it but it also got us to uh, one of our staples, our Crooked Grin IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we would normally just dry hop that once, and now yeah. we were like, well, four days Spread doesn't really out. work for our schedule this week, but let's do it a double dry hop, so two days. We well, just put those yeah. hops up. I mean, it gets so us all give involved us a, more. Yeah, too. and that'll get well, us um, that'll give us an idea of what that what what a beer that we've brewed countless times. Um, tastes like and smells like with well, and it's really cool to up. see you guys as an established brewery taking new techniques and trying to innovate your your existing beers to make them better. Yeah. Like you don't see that we a lot. Are so. constantly evaluating every single mm-hmm. beer that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are a couple that it's like it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. Well, Minnesota. Minnesota only is Space Force is another one that we Space just Force would never, only. Yeah. And I think actually the last time it was either you or Justin drank some Crooked Grin, one of you said, this is good, don't change it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we're at that point. Yeah. Well, and so Crooked l- Grin seems like the one that your guys are constantly changing and always constantly saying this is the best, this is the best it's ever been. It's, yes. But you guys are also constantly changing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It always becomes better. So I'm just so saying. In our defense, no, no, we, it's we, not a defense we, thing. Like I just, I love that beer because it's always we had a, good. We had a brewery. It's so good. Right you know, now. we had a the, a brewing staff change yep. about uh, getting on about a year ago, and after that happened, we did do some changes to Kirk Grand, but it had actually been the same for four six months and now we're we're looking yeah. at this double dry hop schedule instead and that i don't beyond that i don't I mean, know there's much more this feels like a really it. good topic for the are we talking hop and barrel hop? podcast uh, yes, uh but uh <laughs> yeah that's true actually yeah so uh should we talk about hop creep we mm-hmm. should talk just, about just for a minute creep. like uh because i feel like that's what we're going to talk about this so, is a short chapter so hopefully we well so all right so yeah. we're diving into uh the homebrew bound book club Mm-hmm. Uh, with the new IPA, Scientific Guide to Hop Aroma and Flavor by Scott Janish. Uh, and this is, uh, what is the chapter on chapter this Chapter 9. We're on Chapter 9. You can get this book on Amazon. It is self-published. Chapter 9. It is. Uh, but um, it is, it is in my mind, a very important piece of work because Hazy IPA came out of goddamn nowhere. Mm-hmm. And here we are, uh, halfway through this book, talking. Right, there we go. And every, I, I feel like every time that we go through a chapter that Katie and I on Monday are like, oh, my God, like that was a game changer. You know, well, and it's it's been really interesting to see like and this is just from me, like a little inside baseball, like watching like how you guys are talking about your beers based off of what you're reading in the book yeah. has been super interesting. So to see. I would say, though, that 50 percent of this topic we are you and I and Ethan and, and you're, Justin, you're we're, we're talking about very it. well versed in it. But the yep. other part, which at the beginning of the chapter, which actually they dedicate most of the chapter to the fact that dry hopping can produce significant quantities of fermentables in the beer, which is going to cause over carbonation, which is part two on the notes. So if we stick to hop creep part one, dry hopping can produce significant quantities of fermentables in beer. And what we're talking about here is, uh, something that's causing the sugars, the long sugar chains to get broken down into smaller sugar change, chains, which is causing residual yeast, even after we dump it, to start re-fermenting the beer, which causes a couple different things to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I guess, Brian, uh, since, since you're kind of on that, um, hot creep, in your own words, not necessarily talking about like the book, like how... So if somebody came in to the brewery and they're like, hey, Brian, what's hop creep? I would say that, first of all, the, the, my first experience with it was uh, causing VDK or diacetyl to happen. The second thing that I guess I didn't know so much about was overcarbonation, which makes mm-hmm. tons of sense, mm-hmm. especially given the episode that we just recorded earlier, which is one you'll hear last week or you would have heard last week which is about bottling and then the potential for overcarbonating. So dropping can produce significant quantities of fermentables in beer. And that's because, like I said, they're chopping up big chains into small. And if there are an abundance of these dextrins, which they get broken down to, this fermentation is now commonly referred to as hop creep. And, you know, like I said, dry hopping can cause overcarbonation in bottles via refermentation from enzymes, specifically the amyloglucosidae, and we'll back up a step here when we were talking about in the last episode, which was bottling our own beer or kegging our own beer. It, it, hop creep happens with an overabundance of dry hopping. And 
was there studies of this in the 1900s or what have you, I think is what I read. Did it stop until 1940? Yes. Did it stop then until like 2017? Also, yes. So I think the reason, if I can put this in short, why we ended up with IPA in the first place was that it was stuffed into these casks or these kegs in order to preserve the beer. And, you know, where did that get us? Well, it got us to these high gravity beers with I, you know, with tons of hop hop stuffed in them to to preserve them over these long sea voyages with varying temperatures and stuff like that. So, are are we now trying to stuff three to four pounds per barrel into these beers? Yes. Is that the best way to go about it? Seemingly, yes. They sell very well. Uh, what we just talked about. Can we do it over? the course of four different editions and do one pound at a time. Absolutely. And then we end up with three to four pounds per barrel. So where are we at here? Dry hopping can cause overcarbonation in bottles via re-fermentation from enzymes, specifically the amyl glucosidae. Uh, well, let's move on. Where are these enzymes coming from? All right. Um, yeah. So, trying to follow all of the things that you said so i, I well that. while you're yeah, yeah, while you're ahead. getting there so uh, you know this the, i think this this brings up a point for me that you know we're talking this book that we're we're looking at um focuses a lot on hazy ipas and hazy ipas um tend to finish higher gravity so they're thicker um uh, they're you know they're not as dry of, of a beer. So if you so it's but like there's counteractive. a lot of stuff in there that could potentially start refermenting. Right. So but that's exactly it. So yep. you 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 say okay I have this hazy IPA and I'm gonna ha- I want it to finish at ten uh ten fifteen or one point oh uh oh one five is that three Plato? Oh boy! Whatever. Oh man! <laughs> uh, Sorry. We, we, yeah. I mean, we, we can do Play-Doh conversions too, if you two want. To, I don't two know. to four Play-Doh sounds about sure. right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and four. you're like, that's what I want, and then I'm gonna stuff all these hops in there. But so actually, it's gonna finish at ten ten or whatever. You know, it I mean, I guess or ten twelve. Play-Doh or whatever. So it's yeah. like, it's like then you're 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 making this beer that you want to you know kind of come out a bit a bit heavier bodied, but because of all the hops you're putting into it. Um, it's going to be drier and that's, you know, is there a way to prevent that from happening? Right. So what you're saying is that we want a hazy IPA to have a higher gravity because it has a lot more adjunct in it. It's heavier. The longer chain sugars are more abundant because we're using all of these different adjuncts. Mm -hmm. Um, When we do stick it into packaging, what's going to happen? You're going to have, you know, something that's in the hops and by something, I mean like a diastatic power. Uh, so there's an after fermentation. That was, happening. that was the biggest thing that popped out to me in this. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I first like was talking about hop creep and stuff like that, like I was, I was kind of in Brennan's camp where hop creep meant, Oh, VDK. Yeah. Diacetyl, VDK or diacetyl. Dic- dicotone. Yeah. It came up all of a sudden. Uh, and no, it, it can also lead to all these things because it has those enzymes that we're expecting in the mash and they're in the hops. Yep. Amylase 
is. I, I was trying to find the in a mash. What's gonna what's gonna break down the sugar chain so that the yeast can, uh, you know, process it. We're talking about alpha amylase, beta amylase activity here, uh, and these are things that would normally be consistent with the mash. And then when we're talking about what does our where does our pH need to be during a fermentation, then that's between four and five on a pH and that's perfect for any kind of amylase breakdown because what you, where you want, where do you want to be when, with your mash pH? You know, uh, 5.2 5. 5. 5. 2 to 5.6. Yeah. So anything below that going to work too. Um, so, you know, I mean, wh- where are we at with this? So we're, we're, yeah, no. So basically what, what we're doing is we, we are making things ideal for a late stage dry hop to, mm-hmm. Come in with all these uh, with all these enzymes and break down the long chain sugars that we've worked so hard to preserve just these ones mm-hmm. throughout the entire mashing, like mm-hmm. the entire process. Mm-hmm. And then we're just like, oh hey, here hops, go have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, do you do you start with higher mash temperatures? Then you well, are, are there's thinking? a method to that madness. Yes, you can you can start with a lower attenuation, you but. Start with a lower attenuation. In order to, to get to the mm-hmm. higher with that. Or you drop your dry hop temperature. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the colder you dry hop, your uh, the colder the dry hop temperature, below fermentation temperatures, mm-hmm. the fewer enzymes will be active. Uh, lower dry hop rates will also reduce the number of enzymes. So we can dry hop less mm-hmm. over multiple stages, yep. which is what we've been talking about instead mm-hmm. of... The, the the old theory of well if we want more we just put more in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we make it colder um, and then dry hopping early uh, yeah well and so there's there's a, a, so so yeah. there, there's also like there's 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 a, a piece to dry hopping earlier yeah but, yeah so but so then if, if you, if you dry hop early do what we were saying which is to spread them out that kind of like Mm-hmm. Well, negates that. but so, but if you do, if you do one early with biotransform, that's going to lower your dextrins, mm-hmm. which is also going to lower the amount of sugars that these uh, enzymes have to to break down, mm-hmm. because there's there's a direct um, there's a direct relationship between the dextrins in the beer left in the beer. Yep. Um, and what the what the hop enzymes can break down, but also you want the dextrins in for the hazy IPA, yep. and it becomes a whole thing. So where where do you ride that line? Right, yeah. So dry hopping can produce significant quantities of the fermentables of fermentables in beer because you know they do have an enzymatic potential, or they can have an enzymatic potential, and this is going to vary from from hop to hop mosaic was pointed out as one but we don't know the crop year or where it was from or any of that yeah but also like i mean who doesn't love a good mosaic beer I'm well just obviously saying, like. so but this is especially if they're in abundance of dextrins in the beer yep and this is what happens with hazy beer so the refermentations you know commonly referred to as hop creep now so dry hopping can cause overcarbonation uh, refermentation uh, and, and they note amyloglucosidae as, you know, what it gets broken down to. So we're talking about shorter dry hop durations of one or two days. Uh, that That's going to reduce enzyme potential um, created and could eventually free up these fermentable sugars. Um, 
but so the colder, like you said, the colder the temperature below ferment temperatures are best and the fewer enzymes will be active. So when we dry hop at the brewery, what's the temperature that we're doing that at? Uh, at first, it's probably it's 65 degrees, maybe 67 at the very most. Yep. And if you're talking about an abundance of that, I mean, even 58 to 60 to 62 could could work, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had one beer that we definitely discovered VDK in, and that was that double bromance mm. beer, which is where we, like, really discovered, uh, you know, that that could happen. And it was only one in four beers, and mm-hmm. here's why. So we ended up doing everything, packaging it, blah, blah, and then some of it, went out on a warm shelf. Some of it sat in someone's car. Mm-hmm. You know, some of it was given to this guy or that guy or gal, yep. and they put it somewhere, and then they opened mm-hmm. it, and they were like, holy crap, it tastes like butter. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about VDK for mm-hmm. just, just, like, I, I feel like we need to hit on that because we've talked about it a lot. Um, and then we can come back to um, to the rest of the hop creep. But, uh, so what is VDK? Uh, diacetyl. Dicotone. So it's basically hops butter, creating the like, precursors to diacetyl and then the yeast picking those up and creating put, diacetyl. Put uh, Werther's original in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you get the diacetyl mm-hmm. flavor. Yes. Um, and so that is an issue, especially at warm dry hop temperatures paired with an extended dry hop contact time. Um, and then if you remember in the last chapter, we talked about rousing the yeast. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that can be a problem too, though. That can also cause VDK. Mm-hmm. Because once you're pushing those back up, and, and it's we're reactivating talking, those enzymes. We're talking post. This is all pro, past post the fermentation. Point where you dump like, the yeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still stuff going on. And also another note that I had made were dead cells as a nutrient to, yep. to sort of yeah, yeah, up yeah. into that. Yeah. So it, so some autolysis going on as well. Mm-hmm. So that being said, what the test shows is that you can reduce the spike of VDK that's going to occur here. Uh, from dry hopping if you lower the dry hop temperature and we already dry hop a little bit cooler Mm -hmm. than fermentation temperature because we i mean well we usually ferment at about 64 degrees our ales okay and then day i mean honestly because we we manage our yeast in a way that by day five when we're dry hopping the, the temp is already dropping on that mm-hmm. because it's like it's you know everything's done so the yeast is still in suspension it's 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 moving out um, but so we're probably dry hopping at at 63 degrees 62 degrees okay my my um argument here is there is a such there is such thing as too many hops and yep. you need to find a balance of I want this beer to be juicy hoppy amazing but if you go over that you're not only gonna get things like VDK, hop creep, but also um, I, I, I refer Almost to it as like, like a hop matter flavor. Or like, vegetal flavor. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can taste the, the leafiness of this yeah. hop. Or like green. So if you, were to, you know, if yeah. you were to suck all the hop, the, the goodness out of that green matter. It's, so we're, that's we're, so you, we're talking here like, about like then that before, well, then we're, yeah, before we're the beer. Then, right? Yes, before the beer is released, like, and this is this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but here's the thing, like, your your beer is going to peak, like, 7 to 14, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out there, your beer is going to peak later. If, if we're all done with all this, and then we release the beer, well, everyone's like, oh, it's kind of grassy, and then, you know, like, a couple weeks go by, and they're like, holy shit, like, this beer is way different, 
and then you got five more weeks and then and then the beer starts fading mm-hmm. so there's that that's another thing yep. to consider here now every beer has a peak moment mm-hmm. correct so the colder the dry hop temperature which below fermentation temperature uh that's what's best um so the fewer enzymes are going to be active in that and and we're talking about this is after we dump our yeast so this brings us to as a home brewer the argument for getting home brew off of yeast uh and into a secondary mm-hmm. um that there's an argument for that and i know that we've talked a hundred times about i mean not i don't secondary. like well so uh, we we need to talk about uh so i feel like we really like we we need to talk about closed transfers Mm-hmm. We need to do an episode about closed transfers before we can really talk about this. But at the same time, I don't think at the homebrew level, like you're gonna like hop that you're gonna problem, catch that. Yeah, no, yeah, especially since you've got better control over when the beer is packaged, exactly, it being kept cold. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when we again, it's it's funny. Like we don't have this every time, but the episode we recorded right before this, there's so much to be said about after yes, packaging your beer in a bottle or a keg keep it cold don't don't stick it somewhere warm because then you're going to run into this kind of crap yep. so i mean lower dry hop rates are are also going to reduce the number of enzymes that could lead to this carbon to carbonation yeah. so i mean if you're if you're dry hopping in the keg and you shove it right into the kegerator you're not going to run into hop creep right you're you're going to get that dry hop flavor of whatever you're looking for out of it but you're not going to run into it Refermenting your beer, and you're not going to run into VDK because just the temperatures aren't there. Yeah. So being careful to dry hop when you're dry hopping early in fermentation, um, with a higher, like your higher dextrin, your hazy IPA, which is what this whole entire book's all about. Uh, it's it could result in a lower gravity, which is not what you wanted. It could result in in higher carbonation, and it could result in VDK. Um, extended hop contact time during your, your active fermentation might be dangerous. So enzymatic activity from dry hopping uh, in the absence of yeast, you're probably good. And also nutrient, too, in a yeah. sense. But I always say, like, dead yeast cells... Is nutrient. Is nutrient. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, any last things you'd like to add, Katie? I'm still blown away by this book. So it's like sometimes I'm just I just I just yeah. sit and it's like I but, just but sit and take I, it. I, in. I would yeah. say that a there's a bit. lot here that that is hindsight is 2020. It's like mm-hmm. oh yeah. you're like oh yeah, that's where I, I fucked up that. on that one. Or Shit. it makes sense, you know. I mean, I get the idea of of multiple dry hops because you're not putting, you know, if you're if you say so say it's a a a a, 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 a five five gallon. Um, batch of beer you're gonna put a pound of dry hops in there or whatever you know that's too is much that, is it too much okay eight ounces it's it's been a while no uh, well no no so actually <laughs> uh i i've real world example of this because we did a we did a five gallon batch of hazy uh me and my buddy steve mm-hmm. uh who i've been he, going through this hazy uh journey with i need to get him down to the studio one like of these sundays just, your like imaginary friend at this uh, point. You know, I, I'm going to bring Steve down uh, ne- next time we record because okay. you guys uh, actually <laughs> when, uh, when this next beer is ready, I'll bring okay. him down and make him bring some beer. And, sure. Because yeah. you guys got to question him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> just to make sure he's real because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so we like so the first one we did, we put about a pound of hops mm-hmm. into a five gallon batch mm-hmm. and we did it in two dry hops. Yeah. 
and it was grassy and it was mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what What the fuck happened? We yeah. wanted more hop flavor and we added yeah. more hops. Mm-hmm. You gotta let it sit for a minute. Um, but then, like, as I've been going through this book, I, we've been incrementally changing things mm-hmm. and our hazies have been incrementally getting better. Awesome. Uh, which has been really Did fun to see. Did you decrease that dry hop addition? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. We're, we're now yeah. to about so that's four what I mean. ounces. Yeah, that's, so that's what I mean. It's like there there is such thing as too much Yep. or too long. So, you know, if you want to do a pound of hops in your five gallon bat, a batch of beer, great, but spread it out. S- spread and, it out and into keep, fours. It's into or fours five, and make whatever. sure that, whatever. that, you know, that yep. last addition is days before yep. you are going to transfer that into a package because one of the things they said in here it's like oh uh if you're gonna dry hop and then for seven to ten days it's like you're gonna leave it sit for that long before you Mm -hmm. package it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's weird yeah yeah Yeah. so we're now like so going back to that we're from from that pound we're now to about four ounces with four one ounce dry hops and like that's completely different Mm -hmm. and the hop aroma and flavor is way more intense mm-hmm. and it's just better. Nice. Can't wait to try it. Well, it'll probably never happen. Probably no, not. Yeah, yeah. You know how this works. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> One last thought is just if you are rousing with CO2 to be careful with that whole mess because that does work. You get more Whoa. contact time with the oils and that, but you're also pushing. And this is post yeast dump. This is. Yeah, yeah. You're you're still pushing more yeast mm-hmm. up, and so this is when we need to think about like the temperature of where we're dry hopping at. And I would suggest even going down to as low as fifty eight if you have well, the, the the means. And so we we talked a lot, um, not last week but the week before, about or I guess I guess it was two weeks before now about rousing the yeast to get mm-hmm. the more contact time because you want that or Depends not not r- r- rousing, rousing what you're trying hops. to do. Because you want the more contact time to yeah. to get all of that um, all of those hop oils into the solution, yeah. but if that's going to make VDK, is it worth rousing? It is as long as you get yeast off. Or you so get well, the no. So so if yeast, yeast is out, but if you're but even if you're like, still going to push stuff up, so then we lower the dry hop temperature. Okay, mm-hmm. so as long as you're rousing at lower temperatures, you're probably fine. Correct. Okay. Rousing and then dry hopping. Or, low, well, no, so dry time, hopping, 58 to 60 to 62. So, well, no, so I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I misspoke. I was talking about rousing the hops, not the yeast. Because we were talking if about... If you're uh, rousing uh, anything from cone up or sticking but a CO2 But even after, after like, pulling the, pulling the yeast off and then pushing the... There's still yeast in there. Okay. Mm-hmm, if, sure. if we really want to get into it, you'd maybe want to run it through a coarse filter... I'm going to say that, you know, it, when I, uh, that, that phase where I, you know, at, at the brewery at least, where I cold crash beer, two days later we go through and we either dump or brink or sometimes cone to cone transfer the yeast. And then, you know, you let that beer sit in fermenter at 31 degrees, transfer it over to Bright. We, we rinse out that Bright. There's probably 15%, 15% of the yeast yeah, is still, is still, from from what we already pulled is still at the bottom of that, of that okay. fermenter. Yeah, it's a pretty so pretty significant amount. If you can filter or pasteurize, um, that's really the only way to completely mm-hmm. eliminate the hop creep by filtering or pasteurizing or, you know, removing that yeast from the equation. But would you want to dry hop at that point? You, you would do that beforehand. Yeah, yeah. And no, then, so, well, no, but if I mean, we're talking be, about VDK s- being in the package, that would be an interesting um, process. 
you know, but you would have to you'd have to filter from one fermenter into the other, yep, and then dry hop into that fermenter and then yeah. transfer to bright, and that right. just seems so. It's then sort you, of like you a, could it, it just sounds out, like out, a lot of work, out, and yeah. then you could reduce it. It sounds like your batch batch cost is going to go through the roof, and then mm-hmm. reduce reducing your dry hop levels is another one. So shift some of the hops to the whirlpool, maybe excuse me before fermentation where they're less likely to create the enzymatic problems, uh, cold store the beer, uh, or you can design the hop creep into the beer, mm-hmm. which sounds like a fucking pain in the ass to me. Mm-hmm. You could dry hop well, earlier. You, you know, could designing... use sulfites and sulfates yeah. to, to kind of cut that mm-hmm. down too. And, yeah. you know, we use a sodium benzoate to chop that with the For lemon, breaker, lemon breaker. So yeah. there's plenty of different ways yeah. this can happen. But designing, designing, uh, the hop creep into your beer would be to increase the amount of dextrin malts you're using or increase the mass te- mash temperature to make sure that your finishing gravity um, or your uh, original gravity. Your original, yeah. Up, so no, I'm sorry. No, your final gravity. Your final gravity is higher than you higher. want it to be, and yeah. then the hop creep would lower it. Yeah, so if you're think if you're if you're gonna compensate for hop creep, then you would want to even be Man. higher. And, but can you even calculate for hop creep because it so much varies. Well, like, unless you're doing the same beer, the ex- everything, the exact again, you know. It's no, but even crop to crop, well, like, that's true. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna or get, how it was stored and yeah. how. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it uh, again. We're we're in the weeds again. Yeah. One one more time. Uh, <laughs> should we get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this episode. I uh, hope you had a good time. Because uh, we did. We had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. At least I, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you have any questions, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindnewsstudios. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Where did my music go? There it is. <laughs> yeah, I read this.